Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers, by writers, who hate writing. And we're going to get right to our guests tonight because we're just, we're just too damn excited. But I just want to throw in Goldie and JC. I'm suffering from PTSD. Uh-oh. pre Tootsie stress Ooh. disorder. Mm. I'm, I cannot wait until someone backs out. And I, I brought <laughs> in just a, an incredible game of chicken. Who is, is going hilarious. to back out? No, I'm, I'm getting on a flight tonight, so oh. it's not going to so, be yeah. me. Wait, Please no, it's don't. There's got to be one of <laughs> you. I know, Can I the actually... cast get COVID? <laughs> <laughs> it might, it is, is, Tootsie's the only one who's going to affect that, that show. If Tootsie, they protect Tootsie at all costs. Is and the understudy a woman who has a, play, <laughs> a man playing a woman? Yeah, I actually took a COVID test last night just so. Yeah. Because I I know Friday is a big thing, so I'm it's like, a big yeah, night for I'm in all full biohazard gear. Don't worry. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's a big night for all of us. Anyway, that's coming up this week. We're very it's excited, very... but we're way more excited yes. for our guests today. We talk about them constantly on this program. If you listen. You've, they built, are... you've built us up so much, this is just going to be a disappointment. <laughs> and, and Tom, and the, the bet comes in, Tom Gamble, first to speak. There it is. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That was at minus 1,000. Um, <laughs> yes, so if you listen to the, to the program, you know we love them. They're on the Mount Rushmore of my writers, although they share one head. Um, <laughs> please welcome... Tom Gamble and Max Pross. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Thank you. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. It's Thank very you. weird to hear you guys' normal voices, because when I listen to the show, I keep it at one and a half speed. Is there any way we can do that live? <laughs> 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 yeah, speed it up, speed it up. That's, hey, that JC, too. hit him with it. That was First good. joke of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> nice work. So uh, what do we do, Johnny Joe? <laughs> All right, no, we're, wait. We, we're going to okay. talk a little bit. All right, their show. Let them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, Tom, we know you're you're you've been on this Zoom call for the past half an hour. You, you're very excited today. You're rearing you're to go. Excited. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Good. you've you've uh, I've really enjoyed listening to you imitate my voice on the show. Yes. So yeah. what I'd like to do is I would like to um, teach your uh, audience how to laugh like Alex Sulkin. <laughs> So okay. this is what you do. Awesome. You have to tilt your head back a little bit. You put your hands together like you're going to clap, and you don't clap. And then you go, oh, 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 and then you, oh, 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 that's great. 
That's great at the end. And JC, I noticed. JC, I've noticed you've done Give her, give her what for? No, JC, you've had it. That's great in some of your laughs too. I do. I noticed actually. Whenever I spend time with people, like a lot of time, I end up taking on some of their idiosyncrasies. Oh, oh, JC, you don't want to hang around me and Goldie too much then if you're going to take too many of our... You'll take the anger with you. I started doing... Which Alec does too, like at the yes. end of his life. I I like, know, wow. sometimes like I've been slowly talented Mr. Ripley by JC. <laughs> <laughs> talented Madame Ripley. No, but honestly, and I can remember one specific time. Goldie made me laugh so hard when you inserted that House of Gucci, Gucci. no about yes. the the end of Lucy, the Lucy oh, and Desi yes. movie, where it said, they got divorced in 1968. And you, no! No! I was laughing for a minute and a half, yeah, and I was like croaking. I never sound older. I hope they try to do one of those at the end of Tootsie. <laughs> and you can shout from the audience. Yeah, well, God, Tom, that's a savage impersonation of my laughter. And now, I'm, now I feel like I got to withhold laughter, but I'm going to be giggling all show at you two guys. No, 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 you know, it's no. funny. I took out my daughter to see uh, Jaws at the Hollywood Bowl the, when they have the music with it. With, with live music, yeah. Yeah, the live Was music. It- well, I heard it was b- 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 boring. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> but anyways, do you remember when when we were at Dad's and Tom had a subscription to the Hollywood Bowl? He had these season passes, but he he had to like, leave for the day at eleven forty to make an eight thirty show at the bowl, and you were totally fine with it. And he was like, "No, I gotta take, I gotta drive back to La Cunada." Luckily, the quality of the show didn't suffer. It involved like two trips back and forth to Century City yeah, and like seven hours in the car. You drive yeah. home so you could take the bus back to Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and you, well, you left at 11.45, not even joking, that to make not, an 8 p.m. show. He's got so an air, airline airline bottle of peppermint schnapps in his blazer <laughs> up for the bus. <laughs> yeah, but Tom, explain explain because I I did your bit back at you a minute ago when when I when you said you went to Jaws, I said was it boring? <laughs> yeah. Explain that bit. Okay, well, um, yeah, this was a dad's. Yeah, Goldie was saying. I don't like horror movies. They're boring. And we were like, yeah, go out there. Boring. <laughs> Isn't that how it was? That yeah. How it was? yeah. Oh, Just oh. implying that you're scared even thinking about it. Yeah. And so you're stammering your beat. <laughs> that, that bit lasted for so long. Goldie, I, can I, I say that uh, I loved your show. Um, what was the title again? It was a familiar phrase. Uh, yeah. Your show on TV. Uh, it was, you, you'll, I'll give you the first two words and then maybe it, it was called United. Well, I'll give you the whole thing. It was called United We Fall. That's right. United We Fall. <laughs> 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 I, I, I was not expecting that. I'm so sorry. You what know the name fall? of your show again? Oh, here he goes. I, uh, not since Paul McCartney came out with uh, Live and Let Die. <laughs> so bowled over by a title of a show. I love it. You had a comp for United We Fall. So that, and we've talked about this on the show, and Goldie, your line about that was great because when I would imitate Tom making, making fun of that title, United We Fall, like he was surprised. <laughs> That annoyed you. And I said, really? That annoys you? And you're like, yeah. Dishing it out? Sign me up. Taking it? 
no thank you. <laughs> that was a great line. You're like, yeah, I like every one of Tom's jokes except the one at my expense. Yeah. Never pour your life into anything in front of these guys. It was a it was a great show. You guys invited John Rickles on the show. What did you expect? (laughs) What was your favorite episode? Nice gold. I like them all. I like them all. Yeah. I liked when they went on the murder mystery weekend. Uh, 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 a good uh, guess uh, that oh, I'm doing it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I like the jury duty and the camping episode. Yeah. Oh, I there like, you go. Uh, Max watched it. Yeah, I like the bottle show where it all took place in that one room. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are good at guessing episodes you probably had. Uh, right, is, yeah. it time, is it time for Johnny jokes? No, not yet. Tom is obviously sitting on a mountain of Johnny jokes. We got to take a, don't worry, you're going to hear that distinctive music play. Oh, right. And then that'll be your Very cue. Very concerned yeah, yeah. he might miss Johnny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you missed it, Tom. You'll know sorry. when we do it. <laughs> yeah. we, okay, did, we all did him about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um, so let's just get in by way of introduction. And, and we talk about you a lot on the show, but your resume, both of you, is, is so impressive in your years working together. You really, I mean, dad's kind of fucked it up. No, but it was a, that was you a guys, great we That was so fun to work on, especially with you guys. But when you look at, we talk about it all the time, Letterman, SNL, Simpsons, Seinfeld, Curb. You dads. always leave out Gary Shandling. It's <laughs> Gary Shandling show. Right, you know what we course. also worked on, we, which we loved, was uh, Monk. Created by uh, Andy Bradley. I Bradman. love that, show. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I love oh, that wow. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I gotta right, well, find your episodes. Yeah, that you was know, we, we don't just tell jokes. If you want us to solve a crime, we can do that yes, too. Yes, I love that. <laughs> well, Tom, that was... I bet you, I bet your hanky bit came in handy at Monk. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that was, it got in a no, lot. No, that was created by Andy Breckman. Really fun. Tom Sharpling was uh, like the one of the writers. That was, that was a really fun. And the thing is, old people watch that show on uh, their local stations. So. We're still getting Writers Guild residuals. Nice. Because it's not that's really great. being streamed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, although that's what got it canceled, too, because after after all those years, the, the average viewer was like a 68-year-old, you know, ex-cop. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't poo-poo 68-year-old, Max. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm, 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 I was their most avid viewer. It sounded like it sounded like blatant poo pooing. I have to but say. But the, the dad's room, the, the dad's physical room, was so much fun. Remember, it was like on the first floor. We had the corner office. We had a door coming in from outside. We had a door coming in from the PA's office. We had a door yes. going to the bathrooms. <laughs> yes. You had all the windows that people could come in and out of. It, it was, was like just, a fr- it was this French farce set. It was so you, know, you don't remember the show, but you remember the architecture. <laughs> of the office. Yeah. I also remember someone had died in that room like two weeks before we occupied. No. <laughs> No, it was, it was across the way. It was one of the writers. But our first for, writer's room. Someone died in oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the writer's room. And it was yes. the, for the show, that hot Showtime show with Claire Danes. What was that called? Right. Homeland. 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 Yeah. Homeland. Yeah. Yeah. Homeland. They, they, they died in the room <laughs> a month before we got there. I know. Awesome. It was a good omen. It's like it's like Viner's house. I loved um, that we had that door that let the outside. Remember, there was a, had been a bad run through, and then we were at the table. Really? <laughs> and a squirrel kept popping in. Remember that squirrel? Yes. And we put a voice to the squirrel. It was like, hey, I heard the read through didn't sound good. Yeah, yes. <laughs> then we would throw a shoe at her, they come back. You gotta work on that act too. <laughs> but, but it was like it was like a trained squirrel. It was so funny how many times it kept coming back. Oh, that's so funny. And I love how you represented as like, remember we were doing that voice? It was you, Tom, which is great. It was hilarious. 
but like that's just right. you can say you can give yourself a little pat on the back there. <laughs> but so anyway, that's the the long way of saying you guys have been on the funniest shows of all time. I mean, let's be honest. Well, and, and we've been on so and you know we were only at the Simpsons uh, one or two days a week, so we got to work on a lot of other shows that that no one remembers. Um, oh. And we tried to yeah. do our own shows too that never made it on the air. Yeah, in fact, when people usually congratulate us on like, wow, you guys have had really long careers, I explain that's only because we, we had to. We never, we, none of the things we did ourselves that would have made us fortunes that we could cash out on ever stayed on the air. So we had to keep working. So it's kind of like an insult to say like, wow, you've had a long well, career. Your titles might have been too straightforward. Oh, know, that's true. If your titles had had like an angle oh, exactly. that, that yeah, yeah. they're going yeah. in one direction, they turn uh, yeah. back. That, hey, that's but, what really sells, guys. Hey, but last, <laughs> last week you were talking about casting. I got to tell you a quick casting story for one of yeah. our pilots. So we, we were casting for this, uh, one of the main parts, and this guy came in, and he was very subdued, very subtle, but it was like a weird, strange delivery, and we were like, oh my God, this guy's perfect. And so we signed this guy up. After the contract was signed, he came back and said, you know, when I auditioned, I didn't realize it was a comedy. But now that I know it's a comedy, <laughs> you are going to get your money's worth. Like, you know, my wife doesn't think I'm very funny, but we're going to show her. Right? Oh, so no. Yeah, and then it that's, all went down. That's the worst instinct yeah. you could have had in that moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a bad casting story. But having a writing partner, you can like, you, there's someone who you can laugh about it with. But that yes. Was, now, that was now let's bad. get I'm to sorry, that. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. <laughs> right, Max is notice, notably not yeah, laughing, yeah. but... Let's, because ostensibly the theme of this show is going to be, I mean, you guys, but partnerships, writing partners. So, but, but also we need to address some stuff. You like in the last couple of shows, you've okay. been talking about anger. Yeah, that, like a writer should be angry. That's like the worst advice you can give a writer. We didn't should say not be that. Angry. Okay, what we did didn't you say? say that. Yeah. I think there are kids all around America going. <laughs> Nuts to you, Mom. I'm going to be angry like my hero. School do the soul. <laughs> Nuts to you. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but listen, like, there's no one. If you're if if you're uh, writing on a show, you should not be angry. You should be like the, the only one who can be angry is a showrunner. But even the best showrunners don't get angry. Like Mike and Julie Scully. They were never angry running oh, the Oh, Mike show. was angry constantly. No, what are you he, talking about? In, he, in a great way. He would, in a great com- way. he would be comically exasperated, but it wouldn't be true <laughs> What's the anger. difference? <laughs> What's the, I, no, I think he, there's a difference. Mike Mike did not suffer fools, and, and he would often be angry at the stereotypical targets, like network, you know, and, and of course, uh, perhaps a production designer here or there. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I, I, we didn't say what were you, you saying should, about anger. We, you should be angry to be a comedy writer. We were questioning the logic of that. That there's some something. And Goldie slammed me harder than I've ever been slammed in this moment. But I said, <laughs> you know, if if I'm not angry, am I still going to be funny? Am I still going to be Larry David? And okay, Goldie so said, good Larry, news, you're not that funny. Larry yeah, David is not an angry guy. He's he's so happy. I mean, he he can golf whenever he wants. He, he no, he's, he's happy now. Yeah, no, he's like, a billionaire. But, yeah, but when we worked with him at, at Seinfeld, he <laughs> yeah, he was only again. a millionaire then. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they were the nicest guys, and you know, like they were so appreciative when a writer came up with an idea that that they could use. There, yeah. But if, if you couldn't come up with an idea, they weren't like, why? What's so wrong with you? I'm going to hit you. I'm so angry. Because, <laughs> but there are different that, that you're talking about different kinds of anger. And I would I would agree with you. Like, I don't feel really ever angry when I'm working. Like you're laughing, you're pitching jokes, you're working on a show. It's It can be tiring, I guess, but I'm not. 
the anger we're talking about is much more in our in our actual lives, mm-hmm. you know, things that that drive you crazy on a day to day basis. And don't tell me Sandy's, you know, that dinner comes out cold and we see the real Tom Gamble, right? I mean, I've never seen anyone complain so much about coyotes when they killed your chickens in a row. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. No, well, the great thing about Seinfeld, like, if something bad happened to you, it became an episode. Like, we weren't even pitching, but I was telling him about the time I moved to L.A. and I bought what I thought was John Voight's car, and it wasn't John Voight's <laughs> car. Oh, I just watched that episode. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and basically in that show, I'm uh, George and Max is uh, Jerry. Cause, wow. Yeah, because yeah, Max looked at the, um, the the little book that said J-O-H-N, and he said, you know, it's spelled J-O-N, and then I got really mad at him. Wow. And I was, we were just telling that at lunch, and Larry said, well, there's your show. Wow. Wasn't there, wasn't there some detail in that with the bite marks on a pencil? Was yeah, that, that, was, added, that was made added, up. Added, yeah. That was made yeah. up. That was made up. But you know what's funny? You never saw Jerry or Larry mad at the show. And, like, we came back, like, season six. It was six. the number one show. Yeah, but you know, but here's an example. We came back season six, and some key crew people were gone from season five. It's like, hey, what happened to those guys? And they said, oh, we didn't like them. We, But they didn't, like, spend all of season five complaining about them. You they just know. quietly fired people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, that's the way to do it. Whereas like across, happy the, people. across the street, Roseanne was complaining about everybody. And, and because she was complaining, everyone else was allowed to complain. It was a big complaint fest over there. But you know what's funny? When Jerry, when Jerry was complaining about something, you took notice. Like he came back after a vacation and complained that he was on a date and the date would not taste a piece of his pie. <laughs> and and uh, he came I in. Just one, that episode. He, he came in one morning and told us, and like by that afternoon, Max and I had the story. We said, "Okay, Jerry, it opens up with the date not tasting your pie." He, he was totally on board. That's that was a great episode. Yeah, and the same with uh, he came in once and said, "Like I was about to do my stand up and." And this lady came up and said, don't freak out, but the pilot is in the audience. <laughs> and, and he honestly was complaining about that. And then we like we said, oh, that's that's how we got to put that in the show. So, so, so Tom, what Tom is saying is we're the laziest writers in TV. I was just listen to say, what people it, say and go, yeah, that should be an episode. And then we get yeah, I, I was going to say, it sounds like you and I have the same way of coming up with ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, but there's a funny casting story with the... Uh, when we did the Admirals Club, so... This is an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, an yeah. episode Admiral's of Seinfeld. Club. We needed yeah. an actor to play the, an airline pilot. And so we forgot yeah. to cast him. At that moment, the Arrowhead water guy walked in. And he's like, he would be perfect. So <laughs> they went over and said, like, would you go to wardrobe and come back tomorrow and be in this scene? And uh, if you watch the show, he was perfect. But he was the Arrowhead water guy who just wow. walked in at the right time. That's amazing. And, yeah. But then there's, a, then there's a sad end to the story. He quit his job as an Arrowhead water guy to make it as an actor in Hollywood. Oh, no. But then obviously never got another part. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he was cast as a waterhead. Oh, oh, that's boy. true. We, I think we did cast him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's nice <of> <laughs> that is amazing. Now, do you, you remember did, there was a stage manager at Kilbourne and there used to be a bit of putting him in a diaper and he yeah, would Doug. come out and then he got an agent. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, was like, that no, Doug? you're the stage manager in a diaper. Like, this, this isn't going to lead to anything. This is it. It's, this is the ceiling of you wearing a diaper is walking out and us going, it's the stage manager in a diaper. There's no, like, no one's going to see this and go, you know what he'd be great in, though, is uh, Othello. Baby boss. Yeah, he'd be great in Oleana. <laughs> was, no, I think that was Todd Bartell. I said it was Doug, but I think it was. It was I time. can't remember. 
Yeah. <laughs> Todd Bartell, right, right, yeah. right. In order to get recognized, he had to walk around town in a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's that guy. It's that guy. Yes, it's that guy. It's please, I'm, diaper, trying, okay. I'm trying to eat dinner, please. <laughs> no, it's enough, people. Can I just have a dinner? He's calling so, his agent. When can I wear a jumper in a movie? Why is he always a diaper? <laughs> I'm on the horn with Warner Brothers about a jumper vehicle for you. <laughs> um, so, but I wanted to get back to you guys have been, you know, partners for so long. And forgive so me. So long. So long. I know. But, but well, did Max you mean. Max has an announcement. Yeah, go ahead, it's Max. Not, it's, not, it's not a top, please. Max is taking EMT classes. Well, we can Max make the announcement. Great announcement, Max. This partnership, I see how it works. So, Max, all right, you're taking EMT classes. We'll get back to your origin story later because yeah, okay, I think people not... would care about that. But let's hear about this EMT business that Tom is No, trumpeted. it's just uh, when, when I met Tom in college in the 70s, I was pre-med, and I always thought I, I always wanted to be a doctor. And now that I'm an old man, this is probably as close as I'm ever going to get to medicine. It's interesting. It's very time-consuming. What's fun is after years of the subjectivity of comedy where you go, you know, uh, you know, now that I think of it, I'm not sure that Act 3 joke is going to work. It's right. nice. You can't really go, you know, now that I think of it, that man isn't bleeding to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he needs help immediately. <laughs> and there's something sort of comforting in doing that. But yeah. And uh, now, what have you been doing thus far? Have you been out in the field? Have you been on a ride-along? No, no, no. I've I just been taking classes for, no, no, the uh, ride-alongs won't be till July. I have to pass, you have to jump through a series of hoops and pass all kinds of other tests and everything. But it's, uh, oh boy. I think this week we're learning how to give tracheotomy oh, the right wow. way. Oh, it's not a good a gory With a pen, stuff. right? I've seen movies with a pen. Right. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to be using ambulance tools. Oh, okay. Fair. All right. I guess but you don't want to talk about If you want to cheat. When uh, Max said he wanted to keep people in stitches, I assumed he meant uh, <laughs> <laughs> comical stories about raising two teenagers. <laughs> All right. So it's now also, as, as a 65-year-old yeah. man, I... I plan on having a lot of heart attacks and strokes. I want to be around as many medical personnel as I can. I mean, I feel like the show is now Tom has to become a paralegal or something. (laughs) Uh, Could I be in a diaper? (laughs) It's down to you and one other guy. (laughs) Well, I'm assuming he doesn't have any experience. Uh, Wait, (laughs) he does. Oh, no. All right, so... You guys met in college. Yes, in college. It was the uh, uh, 70s. It was the swing in 70s. And, and by the way, we weren't, yeah, and we weren't yeah. planning to go into show business, uh, but what happened was we hung out the Lampoon a lot, the Harvard Lampoon, and uh, I flipping actually had, ni- Flipping nickels outside, or what do you <laughs> exactly. mean? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I, I had gotten a job writing uh, greeting cards at Hallmark, and I was going to go do that. We trust that was that was as close to show business as anybody we we knew. That yeah. seemed like yeah. wow, Tom's going to work for Hallmark. You're, yeah. uh, you're the second writer. Yeah. You know, did you guys both do that, or was that just you, Tom? No, no, we weren't. No, be he, I was going to go to medical school, and Tom was going to go to Kansas City and work for Hallmark. That's you know, Mark Henteman, who's written for Family Guy for a very long time, also started at uh, the other one in. Uh, oh yeah, oh, in Shoebox. Ohio. Shoebox yeah. greetings. Yeah. 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 Your parents yeah. must have been so excited when <laughs> they were at the Harvard graduation, and you were like, "Guess." What I'm gonna write birthday cards. Well, actually, I never graduated. I still have. Uh, I'm one choice from graduating, but I'll get oh, wow. one eventually. But um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but then uh, the only people at the Lampoon at that point in show business were uh, Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster, everyone, and the great Jim Downey, who was at SNL. Yeah. And uh, so it was the end of the fourth season, and Jim Downey called us and said, "Hey, you know, you guys should apply as a team." And then uh, they can hire two of you for the price of one. You get a better chance of you both uh, getting on. So yeah. we, uh, we did a submission. This was in uh, 
79, 78, 79. Yeah, so this is a piece of advice for aspiring teams or not. Actually, when David Goodman was on a couple of weeks ago, he used the phrase paper team, which I've never heard before. Like people don't really know each other, but just for the sake of the contract are are teamed up. I think if you if you work as a team, you will be paid somewhere in between what one and two writers would get individually. It's not you don't you're not paid half, but it's somewhere in between. So uh, the downside, you're going to make less money. But on the plus side, you're more hireable. So you'll probably work longer because it's a lot of producers feel like it's a bargain to hire a team because, hey, we get, you know, for the yeah. price yeah. of one and a half, we get two voices. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I and love it, that. So, it, so it is, two yeah. two white kids from Harvard just roll the dice, <laughs> and somehow it worked out. Yeah, did, no, no, it, was, I, it was a classic right place, right time thing. Yeah, Real, yes. really risky. The seventies. You, you couldn't duplicate our career now. I mean, like when we started, there were three networks. There wasn't even a Fox network right. or cable or anything. So, like nobody we knew was in TV or show business or anything. And, just, and certainly, Harvard didn't teach any classes on on how to write for TV or anything. I mean, but oh, those it, stuff shirts wouldn't know anything about. Yeah, it. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if they do now, but it turned out that the Lampoon was a great training. There were a lot of really funny people there when we were there, you know. And, I mean, now there's like a hundred Lampoon people running TV shows. Well, it's like a known professional yeah. track now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. As opposed to back then, I guess you were just kids who wanted to be funny, and that was a thing. To no, do. it was it was so far from a vocational thing when we were there. I mean, I, I honestly thought like these are the last laughs I will ever have before I go to medical school. Like I should really <laughs> enjoy this because I'm never going to be around anyone funny again. Yeah, and it wasn't like. A pre-professional like if anything people were were snootier and wanted to go to the new yorker or something like that people weren't really thinking about tv well that's great so jim downey was kind of the canary in the coal mine Mm -hmm. for you guys and then and and, but you guys were also uh trailblazers because everybody followed after après vous le deluge yeah they said well if tom and max can do it we can do it and then actually when we when we got to letterman we were hired early on and they who do you know and we knew a bunch of people i mean uh we brought on uh George Meyer, Steve O'Donnell. Oh. And then a bunch of people came on after that. But then, like in the 90s, there were just a million Lampoon people. You know, back when every network had 20 shows and right. every show had 20 writers. Right. And then uh, along came Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And that kind of uh, oh, knocked wow. out the uh, sitcoms. Really? Was that, is that uh, something that, because I remember what a huge show that was, but that was something that was talked about at the time. I thought it was Survivor and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. B- both of them. Survivor and, and Millionaire were the, were, were the first wave of like, oh, it's a sitcom dead. You know, then it comes back. It goes, we're old enough now that we've seen these waves of like, you know, oh, TV's dead. No one's ever going to watch it. Oh, wait, now no one's going to the movies. Everyone's going to watch movies on TV. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's even more spread out now with all the all the streaming services and what have you. But so you met in college, and then was was SNL or Letterman your first? SNL, SNL. was the first one. We were okay. there the the fifth season. So okay. you know, it, it's so funny because uh, like uh, recently, like people say, like, "Hey, you want to meet with these writers? They uh, they write for The Simpsons and SNL," and so they just assume we're in our twenties. We come <laughs> in and they're like. Who was at SNL when you were there? Uh, Gilda Radner. <laughs> Who's Gilda Radner? Who's Gilda what? Radner? Yeah. Now, was that... Uh, shout out some of the other cast members from that season. Well, that Bill there. Murray was the star. We actually got the job because John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd left to go make the Blues Brothers movie. Right. So that's oh. why why Jim called the Lampoon and said, hey, they're really looking for cheap writers. If you guys are, if you guys don't have plans, you should send some stuff to Lauren. Was there ever any thought to you guys doing on camera at all? You know, we actually... We, I mean, the stuff was... 
was pretty rinky-dink. We were in uh, extras in a couple of things. Yeah, we're extras in lots of sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I love seeing you guys pop up and stuff. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Gilda Radner was there, Jane Curtin from um, Goldie (laughs) Show. (laughs) Yeah, And the great Lorraine. Garrett Morris, who still pops up on sitcoms. Yeah, Lorraine Newman, uh, Franklin and Davis, uh, Harry Scherr. Yeah, it oh, was wow. it was a pretty small st- uh, cast. It, it, it was the year that, that Lauren thought that would be the last year of the show. So yeah. I mean, our, you know, everybody was kind of geared. Like Bill Murray was going off to do stripes and stuff and become a big movie star, and everybody and Lauren knew like this is the last year of the show. So I think he thought it was going to end. And so our, Tom and I, our attitude was yeah. like, "Where's everybody going? We just got here. This is so much fun. This is so great." So I, yeah. I thought, like, I'll do this year. It'll, the show's ending, and then I'll go back to medical school. But then, miraculously, wow. we just kept getting jobs for the next 40 years. Were you just yeah. angry the whole time you couldn't go to medical school? <laughs> <laughs> Doing another I did. I'm probably Simpsons. one of the few Fuck! people, just to make my parents happy, I applied to, like, law and business school. I may be one of the only people that had Lauren Michaels write my recommendation. I said, can you do this oh, thing that's, like, for a favor for my parents? That's so cool. Yeah. But uh, using that as your first job, it gave you sort of a weird sense of what show business was like, because you yeah. only came into work the weeks when there was a show. So what were there, yes. like 20 or 22 shows? So we would, we would come in the weeks, then, and we would be the only ones in the office, but we liked having a desk and stuff. And yeah. there was a giant party after every show, you know. Still happens. Yeah. 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 Celebrities, big uh, musical guests, you know. You just, yeah, we, you know, we, Budweiser was a sponsor. They, they kept the refrigerator <laughs> loaded with Budweiser. That I don't know. So, were so, you so, trying at that time, because everyone's mentality now is you get a job, but then it's always about like, and then I'm going to go from this to this and use it as a springboard. And then I'm going to be a writer on SNL and then I'll be a featured performer. I mean, was there any sense of a career track at that point of then we'll write movies and, and we'll write a movie for Lorraine Newman or do you, no, were it, you just happy it, to be there? At least in the, that show is kind of like an island of non show busyness, you know, like, cause I think people still like, like Michael O'Donoghue, like the cool people there were sort of like old National Lampoon writers and, and kind of cool people. I mean, for me, it was more like college than college because I spent all of college just studying pre-med stuff and having a horrible time. And then like, oh, Tom and I just thought, oh, so I guess this is how the professional world works. People walk around in an office smoking pot all day and telling jokes. And so we got a very skewed vision of what like real life work was right. going to be. Because yeah. when we were at Letterman, it was like, this is bullshit. We can't drink beer at, the, at our desk. So working for Letterman was like working at a bank after Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you went to Letterman next, correct? Yeah. Well, what happened was Lauren left after the fifth season. We wrote a screenplay for him that never got made yeah but um yeah, yeah. what was that but, uh, what was it called it, it was called they are us and the premise was there was a group of tiny people they're us <laughs> <laughs> see how that yeah. feels see how reductive that is no they but are it's true us? they are us that, that's exactly the feeling and it, 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 was a, it was a tribe of people who were the size of rats who are disguised as rats. And this, and this didn't get made? <laughs> I know. You know. So it turns out, it turns out exterminators who thought they were killing rats have been like murdering thousands of people, oh, little, no. little people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it was pretty that. funny. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about Letterman next, but how did Letterman open every show? With a monologue. I think mm. it's time yes. for Johnny Jokes. From Hollywood and back from the bathroom here. Yes, here we go. Johnny Carson style monologue jokes. And uh, we're going to toss it over to our first Johnny. Take it away. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has uh, 
taking some weird jobs lately. Have you seen him on the Masked Singer? Weird. <laughs> Turns out he's flat broke. Yeah, he's uh, so broke that the other night, poor Rudy was strolling through Central Park and a mugger gave him a wallet. Pete <laughs> <laughs> Fountain's with us. Don't go away. <laughs> uh, who's, with, who's with us? Pete Fountain. He was, he was on a lot. Pete Fountain was a very, very uh, 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 common uh, guest of the 70s. Yeah. Uh, 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 that's great. Uh, 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 that's great. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Okay, um, joke number two, Jeffrey Epstein is in the news again. A valuable cello was among the convicted sex offender's assets when he died. Jeffrey Epstein, didn't he mostly fiddle? <laughs> uh, great. Stick around, Bob Uecker is here. <laughs> oh, I love the guest edition. Okay, did you hear this? In northern Italy, the body of a 70-year-old woman was found sitting at her kitchen table. Apparently she had been dead for two years. In a related story, it appears Tommy Newsom has a date for New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Tommy Newsom, right? Yeah, he was nope. like the first trumpet player or something, yeah, right? Yeah, and he used to razz him about being a square. Okay, I, I got a quick bonus. I got a Karnak, I think. All but right. Alec, you, you got to tell me, what was the name of uh, your friend you visited in Bermuda last week? Uh, Nick, Nick Swan. Nick Swan. Okay, I got a Karnak. Okay. Nick Swan. <laughs> this is my Karnak. Nick Swan. What happens when Alec drives the motorboat? <laughs> Nick Swan. Like I, like yeah. I, run over, I run over a swan. <laughs> yeah, you Nick a swan. Okay, one more. That's wanna... great. That's great. One more. One more Karnak. Yeah. He has United. a new envelope. He has multiple envelopes he's actually ripping. Do it, do it. Yeah. United we fall. United we fall. Uh, no. United we fall. <laughs> Say, what happened to flight 123? Oh, God, dark. <laughs> uh, all I right, take it, away. Still got take, it away. take it away, doctor. Uh, Johnny number two, go for it. Are we coming in? Okay. Now, looking at this now, I got to say, it's it's less of a Johnny joke and more of a Colbert crack, maybe. Cool. All right, crack but us But like away. Tom, I, I, I actually, to get in the spirit of Johnny, I actually Googled airline travel news. Oh, and, yes. and this is what I found. So, last week, Southwest Airlines reported a passenger masturbated four times during one domestic flight. Hmm. Sounds like COVID restrictions have really loosened the requirements for the Mile High Club. <laughs> the, the Mile High Club. There's the Johnny part. Uh, flight, flight attendants reprimanded the passenger, but only because his seatbelt was unbuckled. <laughs> now, here's a, the strangest part of the story. The in-flight movie he was watching was Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. <laughs> All right. That's, 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 that, that's my low-hanging fruit oh, salad for today. Uh, that's great. That's uh, great. That's great. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. I guess it's our turn for uh, near-dead Johnnies to take over. Here we go. Well, maybe you heard this. Uh, Montreal Canadiens legend Guy Lafleur passed away unexpectedly last week. He gone! Oh, yeah, yeah, he gone. And right before he was set to star in the on-ice revival of Geese and Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I knew Tom would like that one. Okay. That's great. 
that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, boy, the Dow fell over 650 points last week after a poor earnings report from Verizon. Yeah. Uh, on a conference call with reporters, the Verizon CEO said, this is no anic. We fully act on track. <laughs> not, not quality service might be the problem. <laughs> That's great. All right. Uh, here's a fun story. Uh, authorities in Texas seized a big rig that contained $32 million worth of meth smuggled in strawberry jam. Yeah. Uh, the driver was subsequently arrested and reportedly high as a smucker trucker. <laughs> a smucker trucker. All right, the last one. Uh, several disgruntled customers are taking Burger King to court, alleging that the Whopper is 35% smaller than advertised. Uh, if the case is successful, legal experts speculate it could lead to a slew of lawsuits from everyone I've ever slept with. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Second Johnny. I, I had to do the math very quickly on that. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank well you, sir. Everyone. <laughs> okay, here we go. Elon Musk. Elon Musk, the famed billionaire CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, bought the social media company Twitter. And by combining the companies, Musk says he's closer than ever to his grand vision of arguing about politics on Mars. <laughs> uh, rumors are swirling about Vladimir Putin's health. Yeah, footage has emerged of the Russian leader in which he's bloated, shaking, and can barely walk. The rumor is he's now so weak... He can't even pick up the phone and blackmail Donald Trump with a piss tape. <laughs> okay. These are not that great, but we'll keep going. Self-admittedly, a slow week. <clears throat> the world's oldest person, a woman who was 119, died yesterday after keeling over from a heart attack. Ooh. Apparently, her last words were, Kim Kardashian is dating who? <laughs> okay. Slight comeback. <laughs> yes. And finally, a Japanese man who's a self-proclaimed fictosexual. He married a hologram four years ago, and he now says he's having trouble bonding with her. Come on, friend. How hard could it be? You don't have to share a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. An unbelievable rally at the end <laughs> to take it by a nose. Oh, those are fun. Those are fun. Thank you, too, for so eagerly participating in that. Yeah. That was fun for us to watch. Two masters at you work. Never, did you ever write a single monologue joke at Letterman? No, you know, it's funny. I was just going to say, in the years we were at the show, he never accepted one monologue joke. I mean, we wrote tons of other stuff. You were mailing stuff. But right, because there's the a monologue wall. Jokes, between those two departments. To totally, yeah. yeah. He, he oh. kind of relied on Gerard Mulligan for a lot of his stuff. Breckman wrote a lot of it. But um, yeah, I, I would get in these arguments with Meryl Marco and go like, you gotta, you gotta give him, just, just tell him this joke. I think it's really going to work. And she, she would kind of yell at me like, yeah, you want to go home and sleep with him after it, after it fell? <laughs> <laughs> she had a point. And then I would say, yes. <laughs> your move. Your move, Meryl. They, they left off part of your name, Meryl. Uh, oh, the only, my Meryl is Steubing. 
And I speak for Goldie <laughs> nice. on that one, right? Nice. I, I can't sleep with you because of that joke about inflation. <laughs> I was like a guy who's not that happy in the relationship anyway. <laughs> yeah. Damn these inflation jokes. Um, so Letterman is your next stop. Yes. You uh, and, and as I mentioned before, we mentioned before in the podcast, the Letterman now has a YouTube channel, which is very fun to watch. And in particular, there's a, a video with where you two pick your favorite clips uh, of, of all time. And that's very funny to watch on two levels because you guys are funny and the clips themselves are hilarious. But well, thank you. you were how, how many years were you there at Letterman? We were just there the first two years of the show. Yeah. And, and then we and, left to do uh, work with Lloyd Michaels on a show called The New Show that only lasted uh, 13 episodes. Because when, right. we, when we left Letterman, nobody was watching it yet. It wasn't winning Emmys oh, every year. Right. In fact, Tom and I would run out to the street to drag people into the audience because we, we, we couldn't get people to even come it watch It was fun, yeah. In the early days, we would take a stack of tickets and like go to the Ford modeling agency down the street and give it to the pretty girls who were coming out. And the problem is they were not big laughers. They were just sort of looking at the monitors. Yeah. And, <laughs> and a, another, another time... We, I, we were in the lobby, and there was this big group, and I w- talked to one person, like, do you want to come to the show? So they all came, and the only person who spoke English was the person I talked to. The rest oh, of the audience was oh, full no. of people. Who, so the comedy died that night, too. After a while, <laughs> after a while they wouldn't let us take tickets, and, and actually uh, the audience found itself. But, yeah, we were just there at the beginning. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun working with Meryl Marco. She really came up with the, the crazy stuff that people really remember from the show. She was the one really pushing for it. She used to sit at her desk reading the yellow pages looking for places to go. We used to do oh, a lot that's of great. yeah, we used to do a lot of remotes with her, you know, like it was back when Times Square was still kind of um it wasn't the way it was now. Like it's they dangerous. Still had, it was a little more dangerous. A little yeah, seedier they, and yeah. Like they would have like shoe repair shops where in the picture window would be like a sandwich and one shoe and we would go interview the <laughs> the guy about his window display and stuff. And nobody <laughs> nobody knew who Dave was. People would come up and go, hey uh, who is, what's this for? And he'd say, oh, it's for Korean TV. And they'd go, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. It was fun in those early days when no one... And, and Dave didn't like to do sketches in the early days, so the way we got around that was by writing sketches in the uh, viewer mail answers. Yeah, we tried oh, to kind yeah. of open it up more into like Saturday Night Live territory. But that, I mean, that's very... what got me into the show was someone told me on Fridays. It was Fridays, right? Yeah. They, were, they said, this guy does viewer mail and they answer the questions and then there are these crazy answers. And that's why I started watching it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So oh, good, good. Yeah, we did a lot of that, of that stuff. Yeah, because when the show, because in the morning show, they had done viewer mail, but it was just sort of like snappy answers where we... We added a little more production value to them and started including the the uh, staff and the answers and stuff. And but also, you got to remember, early eighties, you know, there wasn't really cable yet. So, like, if you were up at midnight and wanted comedy, like, we were the only game in town. There's, <laughs> yeah. It's very different right. than now, where like there's a billion ways to watch a comedy show. Yeah, there was yes. no comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's why I went into comedy was mm-hmm. it was hard to find and rare and special at one point. And if something happened in the news, you would have to wait to see if someone said something funny, like much later. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that Dave didn't like to do sketches, because when I think of the show, I, I, I that's almost all I think about are like the little bits that he was doing out in the street or obviously the jumping up against the velcro wall the mm-hmm. getting into the mill like that that that's all the stuff you remember now yeah, is, is him agree. kind of away from the desk yeah in the morning show kind of he would have, you'd have a longer answer there in the morning show <laughs> yes. he in the morning show he would have fake guests and i think he wanted to get away from that 
until he brought on the great um, Chris Elliott. And then, you know, that he added so much comedy when he started doing those bits. And for us, too, it was, it was fun, like, writing cheap stuff to do. Because, like, Saturday Night Live, Lauren, I think Lauren really likes big pageantry things. Like, you know, th- there'll often be a sketch on SNL that, you know, may not be the funniest thing in the world, but, it, but you know, it's like a Roman era sketch or, you know, a, a big costume piece or big musical. Because Lauren likes the show to have pageantry. Letterman early yeah. years had no money at all. So, like, you basically just, here's a prop you can give Dave and see if you can come up with a sketch for it. So. <laughs> right. But, right. But, see, at that point, you know, we had had a great career so far. We'd been on SNL, and then uh, Lauren left, and we well, we left with Lauren. And then Letterman started, and, and uh, we were on that. And then when Lauren called us and said, hey, I'm doing a new show, we said, well, we got to go back with Lauren. He's got the beer in his refrigerator and the big parties after every show. So we went and worked on the new show, which only lasted 13 episodes. But like Dad's, it was a really fun uh, writing staff. And uh, who else was work, on it? Uh, Jack Handy. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. George Crazy. Meyer, Jim Down. You know, a lot of the Saturday Night Live yeah, people. Also, for Davis. our listeners, I, I, like, Jack Seth Handy is a real guy. He's I, a real right. guy. Because Tom for Chisholm. years, I just thought that was a fake name because of Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. Yeah. That no, was, like, in, in fact, when, uh, when I moved out to L.A. in 1987, I uh, rented, uh, I sublet my apartment to Jack and his wife, Marta. And when I moved back, uh, all around the apartment were, like, these little file cards that had half of a Deep Thoughts. They were, like, the setup of the Deep Thoughts. It said, like... <laughs> If I was an astronaut, I'd, and you can see he, he was writing setups and then they would like fall behind the couch or something, but it was like finding Easter eggs. Yeah. But yeah, he's great. He's still writing stuff. He's writing a new book, a sequel to his uh, Hawaii book and now, uh, doing great. Yeah. He, he was the king of, I mean, obviously he had deep thoughts, which kind of made it big in an era when SNL was huge, you know, with that yeah. sort of Dana Carvey era when everyone was you know, frenzied about the that show. I mean, after the the obviously the opening season, which everyone went nuts for. But Jack Handy was the king of uh, the ten to one sketch, which yeah. you guys remember well. Yeah, so that that's like the last sketch on the show where they would experiment with something like, like oh, frozen caveman lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. It would be something that they're not sure if the audience is going to get at all, but the writers seem to like it. And Jack yeah. Handy was, I would say, you know, as respected by the other writers as any writer I've ever seen. But he always had that sort of 10 to 1 sketch where he, it was the, he, the, the deer heads of descending size. <laughs> Remember that on the wall? It was like Harvey Keitel was the host going through his trophy room and the deer heads that got much smaller and smaller. It was ridiculous. Oh, so was, was he there when you were there? He was. He oh, was cool. still there. Yeah, yeah, he was still kind of, you know, hair up, thick glasses, you know, kind of Did not a care write, in the world. Do you world. remember the sketch Helmet Head? <laughs> no. I, I remember this that This is one name. of my favorite sketches of all time. It was Rob Lowe, and he played a <laughs> Vietnam veteran who still had his helmet stuck to his head and so he and his wife are getting ready for this dinner party and he's like i hope no one brings up the helmet you know he's like, don't worry no one's gonna say anything it's just a very polite crowd so, so of course like right away someone's like ah oh, you got that helmet stuck to your head and then and then someone suggests have you tried soapy water? <laughs> He's yelling, soapy water. Soapy water was the first thing I tried. <laughs> oh, He's just great. irate because it's oh, been man. 15 years and someone thinks he hasn't tried soapy water. 
anyway. uh, Rob, Rob Lowe's your boy, too. It's, boy, he's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite that. of that genre, though. I yes. love that stuff. I love, yeah, I think I really love those. The, the, those 10 yeah. to 1 sketches are, are good because they're, they're kind of pure comedy and have the least to do with current events. Like, the show always opens with the, the topical thing, and then by... by one o'clock. It's just the stuff that made the writers laugh. So totally. Do you have totally. ones that you did that that were your favorites, or ones that while you were there were your favorites? Oh uh, God, SNL? I, I, I yeah. can't you know, remember. But, uh, the stuff, <laughs> not really. I mean, the, the stuff we got on was we wrote with Jim Downey. Um, we, yeah. People like the Frighten Family. It was the wigs with. Oh, that's a new show. Oh, new yeah, show. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that's what you were talking about. <laughs> The frightened family, so their hair popped up That's every right. time. It yeah, was it was. It, everybody had strings in their pocket. It was like another cheapo way to do a big effect. It was like Dave Thomas and Buck Henry. And, 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 uh, Tom, that seems like it would have made you laugh like all week. It was great. And uh, yeah, the cool thing about uh, the new show was uh, not only was Jack Handy there, but uh, John Candy was there too. And uh, oh, he wow. was. Uh, it was so, so much fun to work with him and uh, Dave Thomas. They were a great team together. And uh, there were a lot of laughs. Like Dad's, there were a lot of laughs at the show. Just they didn't actually make it on the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was the new show a sketch comedy show? Like yeah, yeah. It, it was. It, it was Lawrence Plan. You know, after he left SNL and and wasn't doing it anymore, like, okay, we're going to do SNL in primetime, which is why we were very anxious to do it because yeah. I, I guess Tom didn't mention that Letterman. We no one was well paid, like because it was a brand new show. So this was a right. ten o'clock NBC primetime show. So it was a oh. lot more money than Letterman, and we just thought, oh, Lauren Michaels in primetime. And his goal yeah. was, we are going to combine the best of what of SNL without the pressure of having to do it live. And it wound up kind of being the complete opposite. It was like, you know, it was a show without the fun of doing it live. So right. you, had, you had more time to rewrite and edit and re-edit yeah. and make things kind of worse. It's sort so. of yeah. like I left Family Guy to do dads. Right. <laughs> right. Come yeah. on over. Yeah. It's going to be prime time. It's yeah, going to be exactly. Sunday. Yeah, 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 it's going to yeah. be during the week. We're going to be doing 22 of them. It's going to be the live audience. But yeah. we, uh, we learned a valuable lesson at the new show, which is like, don't do press. You just end up yeah. looking like a trick. Like, unless you create the show or you're the showrunner, don't like there was this article about the new show in New York magazine before it came out and all the writers are like looking tough with their arms folded and stuff like oh, yeah. no, watch sure. out watch out world here comes the funniest new show and it was the oh. new show but what was funny that came out in 1984 and the cover of New York magazine was this family sitting at the uh, kitchen table with a robot and the headline was a computer in your home question mark question mark <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the things you remember. Yeah, that's how and, long ago it was. And so you flip open that magazine, and there's the picture of the writing staff with their arms crossed. Yeah, like, yeah, like the, de- the defined counterculture meets prime time. Exactly. Like, it was. It was sort of like Lauren Michaels is back, baby, and he's finally ready for prime time. That came up right. a lot. Yeah. You know, the new version of that is the writing staff all with kind of like sad and mildly angry faces holding a piece of Xerox paper with a hashtag on it. Oh, yes. yeah, Ukraine, Ukraine, right? That's yeah, what I've it's like, I don't know that that's helping. But yeah, yeah, it's like that studio, studio 60 nice. show where they were solving oh, yeah. a hostage. But a good thing that came out of the new show was so that that failed. And we were actually, we were like 25 and we were told we would never work again. Oh, that's a nice uh, thing to hear. Yeah. I mean, wow. that's, a, that's a tip for you people out there. It's like, you, you, I mean, here we're 65. We got to work till we were 65. But we spent the next year and a half 
pretty much unemployed. We did some short films for Letterman. We but weren't it, unemployed. We worked in Canada with Dave Thomas. We did a series oh, yeah. called Rocket Boy. We wrote That's a movie. Right. I mean, we we but you know we weren't on like any hit show. It was. But we were. But we came became sort of bitter and spent a lot of time in in coffee shops, which was good training for ten years later when we worked at Seinfeld. Yes. Well, now, so, but let's not skip a step here. Finally, for, for, for our let's not skip a step for our listeners. So you you've gone onto the new show, and then you're sort of wandering in the uh, professional desert for a little right. while. And how do you get to the Simpsons? How does that happen? Well, no, oh, we that's got twenty to, uh, years down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, the next part was uh, we worked at a scary sailing show in 1987. <laughs> our, our good I keep friend, forgetting uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that, that's, what, that's what got us to L.A. That's what got us to leave yeah, New York. Cool. And it got us, uh, uh, we knew Ellen Zweibel from SNL, and uh, we had actually met Shandling. It was really cool. When Shandling was on Letterman, he, uh, he did his uh, material, and then he came in, and he searched out the writers. He goes, where are the writers? Who are the writers? And, you know, we, we came over, and he just wanted to talk to the writers, like, how do you think it went? You know, it yeah, was really cool. Great. I mean, that Gary was, cool. was so into the writers. So he had met us at, at uh, Letterman, and then, um, yeah, so we went out, and it was funny. Gary Shandling, the writing staff included uh, Mike Reese and Al Jean, uh, Dave Merkin, and Sam Simon, and us, you know, who all That's went on to the Simpsons, Simpsons later. Simpsons. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember people were frustrated because uh, Gary Shandling would not, like, read what was on the script. He would just <laughs> improvise a lot. And Sam going like, oh, why can't we do a show where people read what we write? <laughs> and uh, he went on to, to do an animated show, and Max and I went on to do a pilot with a marionette. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us the name of that show. Uh, Red Pepper. I think if you go to YouTube, you can see the opening credits. And Red you know, Pepper. Sam was like, "Hey, uh, you know, come with me. Uh, help me with this new show, The Simpsons." And we're like, "Oh, that's okay. We're, don't worry, Polly. We got our own show. It's with a marionette." And we actually, we, we actually bet him that our marionette show would do better than uh, his cartoon show. Well, you know, because we took it, 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 we would joke about like the writers would get infuriated when Gary would start to throw out our stuff. We go, if, "If only the writers could actually control the cast, like like a puppet or something." And we took that a little too literally to mean like, "Well, right. sure, our next show should be a marionette show." That's yeah. That's where you and, go. And, so, and so we teamed up with the Brillsteins who were doing Elf. And uh, so we were doing the... Uh, hey, Willie. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was so it we were, really hard to keep the strings untangled. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that was a big part of the joke. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but anyways, the opening credits, we got a uh, Little Richard sound-alike. And you can see this on YouTube. And then Bernie Brillstein was like... Why do you have a sound alike? That's not uh, the real Little Richard. And the next day, Bernie had gotten us Little Richard to sing the uh, opening credits. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. The, the opening credits were pretty cool. The whole show should have been the opening credits. I remember <laughs> I remember we watched it in the dad's room. It's hysterical. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, now, Conan O'Brien didn't have anything to do with that show, did he? No. No, no he was... He, he, was, he might have still been a kid at college. Yeah, he was a nobody at that time. He was <laughs> nobody at that you time. You know, Conan was famous. Even when Conan was at on the Lampoon, he was pretty famous. Yeah, I think he was wow. working at, at, at SNL, actually, when we did Red yeah, Pepper. Yeah, yeah. And then he came over to The Simpsons, and then he got his Carson audition, you know. His... Okay, so we're... Again, were you I, there when he got that show? No, no, but I mean, we were friends with all those guys, so we heard about it. Yeah, no, I it mean, it must should... be crazy to be sitting next to someone in the writers' room one day, and then the next day they say, "Well, I have my own talk show. Fuck <laughs> you guys." Bye. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's Goldie. It's how you would feel if Alex just said, "Hey, guess what? I'm the new Johnny Carson. I got the slot." You, the, the writer, just like don't set up. Don't set up Goldie. Don't set up Goldie like that. That's too easy. It's too much of a softball for him. Hey, you? No, come on. I would. We would. Goldie and I would just. I would insist that. 
Goldie has an equal size desk and we just face each other <laughs> the entire time. The whole time. I want to be in profile. That's my best look, as everyone knows. Um, but so, okay, so enough of this. Enough of the dancing around. How did you get to the Simpsons? Let's let's feed the audience what they. Oh, want it's, a, it's a longer. There's still a long long road. Yeah. No, skip it. Because <laughs> then we did. Uh, well, because you met all those people in this room that you're talking about. Yeah, now. we knew. Yeah, like we met. We were friends with Sam Simon and and all those guys. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, but then we did our own show. It was called Great Scott with Toby McGuire. That that lasted like what? what Thirteen, 13 episodes? episodes. That's yeah. all. And, Great uh, Scott. Yeah, it was <laughs> a like show. It, it was on at seven o'clock on Sundays and um, Fox seven said, seven. No, kids. no, seven thirty. It was it was it was it, yeah. It was seven at seven thirty. Ben Stiller followed <laughs> us. The Ben Stiller. Yeah, kids, so, oh. kids, get out! Stop playing in the yard. The no, show's was, on. No, and, get out and, of the sun. And Fox promotion <laughs> said our show's on at seven. Ben Stiller was on at seven thirty. And the Fox promotion was the laugh started at seven thirty. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No way. But uh, yeah, no, and I gotta say. The unhappiest I've, I've been in show business was when we were running our own show, when we were doing Great Scott, because oh. there's just so much stuff coming at you and people yelling at yeah. you. And, Tom, and, but that's that's when you thrive. I can picture you with two telephones getting twisted up in the cords. <laughs> that would have been bits for you all day. I'll tell you how we, uh, uh, we got a call from an executive at Fox, and he said, like, I want to develop a show with you. I go, what are you talking about? We have a show on now. It's called Great Scott. It was like, gotta go. <laughs> we, we were actually shooting a scene of Great Scott. And it, while we were shooting, the realtor came with a, a prospective buyer to like oh. rent office space on our stage. Like while we were oh. still, it's like, oh, wait, they, yeah. they didn't tell us we were canceled yet. That's how they told us by like, how wow. people yeah. But the, the stage good news, with- so it, it was a Castle Rock show. And the good news is that uh, Jerry Seinfeld had seen it and he, had, he was a fan of it. I so, love Great Scott. <laughs> What's yeah. the deal with canceling Great yeah. Scott? Yeah. So he he would say to us like, when your show gets canceled and it will, you should come work for me. So. Oh, but but we went from like one of the uh, least uh, popular shows on TV to the most popular like overnight. It was, uh, it was okay. Crazy. So I I had it backwards. So you went to you went to Seinfeld before the Simpsons. Oh, oh yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Okay, but we but we were friends with all the Simpsons people, so we kind of knew them all. So you know yeah yeah. I, you should see Goldie's. Show. Shocked expression that I didn't have the research quite uh, sewn up on that. Oh yeah, no, we did Great Scott, which was uh, uh, Jack Black had one of his first uh, TV appearances on the show, and oh, uh, yeah, Jack was, uh, <laughs> yeah, Black. Young, and a young uh, Toby Maguire and a young uh, Kevin Conley. It was oh, wow. It's tough doing a show with kids, so you know, let you, kids. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also, what can you these... kids just quiet down for a second? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. <laughs> exactly. So that got canceled, but then we were uh, on top of the world because we were at Seinfeld. So yeah, that was that's really a good, good reward. Yeah, 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 yeah. and so, so that, that that was literally because Seinfeld was a fi- uh, had already seen your work and said, "Come, come work for me." If, and if well, you guys actually, are done here's a, here's another tip for you uh, listeners out there. So we had written a spec Seinfeld script. And uh, Larry David read it and he called us and he said, like, uh, we're not going to do it, but there's one scene that I like that I want to use so you can get a story by credit. And we oh, said, cool. like, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to give us a story by credit. That's just oh. like, that, just, just take it. And I think he was impressed that we weren't like, like 
credit hogs. We don't oh, know where, that well, is that's we, really... we, were, we were a great Scott, and we were already being paid by Couch Rock. So we said, no, no, you know, it's okay. We don't need. It's like we don't need the credit. You can just do whatever you want with the story. So I think they remember us as being very good guys. Interesting. That I feel like that that's counter to every instinct that people have today. It is. Yeah. It that's is, an important yeah. thing to hear. And our agents yeah. are calling, going, Why, "Take the story credit. He's giving <laughs> you the story credit." But you know, as it turned out, so then Larry had heard of us, and so then we got on staff, and then. All these scripts on Seinfeld that say written by Gamelin Press are filled with uh, Larry David jokes and stuff. So that's he, great. He, he paid us back. Yeah, he uh, returned yeah. the but, favor. But, but here's a good tip for you listeners out there. Yeah, just give stuff away sometimes. You know, like if you have a friend with a pilot, you know, offer to punch up for free. You know, uh, it's good that's to just get advice. out there. You know, you got to be funny whether anyone's paying you or not. Like during the Writers Guild strike, like 15 years ago or something, I was doing a comic strip. And uh, Max and I started doing these funny videos, Learn to Draw with Tom Gamble. Yeah, and, uh, they're great. But, you can watch them on YouTube. They're yeah, very funny. Yeah. But it was a great way for us. We met a bunch of cartoonists, and uh, your oh, boss, cool. Seth MacFarlane, was a fan. And yes. we, ended up, we ended up going around pitching it as a show. I mean, it's something we just started doing for fun. And yeah. we were at Comedy Central, I think it was, and they bought it in the room, and they said, now... Seth MacFarlane is going to play Tom Gamble, right? Seth <laughs> <laughs> said, like, no, uh, Tom Gamble's going to play Tom Gamble. Pass. Uh, pass. <laughs> no, but, but do, do you talk about the writer's strike? Do you remember our absolutely savage chant? Oh, pencils down means pencils down. <laughs> Hollywood's a union town. <laughs> I remember how much you, how wimpy you thought that was. <laughs> Hollywood's a union town. Put down your pencils, please. <laughs> we really showed them. We brought them to their knees. Oh, they're they're threatening to put their pencils down out there, guys. We should take them seriously. <laughs> Hollywood's a union town. But those uh, picket uh, marches were fun. I met a lot of. Uh, Interesting people on those on those picket. Yeah, lists. I remember in the few times that I went to the Fox uh, picket marching, that I would just sneak away with, as I call him, the other Tom, Dark Side Tom, Tom oh, Manny, yeah. and we would just go to the Intercontinental and have a drink. <laughs> that was that was a big part of my protest. <laughs> Drinking. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So, okay, you're at Seinfeld. You talk about, which I think is, again, such a great story that I had I had never heard that you gave Larry David this nugget for, for a sign. And what was the scene, by the way? Did they use it? It, it was Kramer with cigars. It wasn't even, oh. we would written an episode, uh, spec script about Kramer getting cigars. Yeah, it was, it was about Cuban getting Cuban cigars. And it wound up being like the episode maybe where he burns down the cabin with a cigar oh, or something yeah. like that. I don't, I don't <laughs> great. remember. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, that... like, if you, you can gauge, if, you, if you're working with good people... You don't want to like nickel and dime. Every, it just seems dopey, you know. I mean, we, we're kind of spoiled because we just got used to working with people we could trust, you know. So we, yeah. you know, then we'd work at bad shows. We realized, oh, there are just assholes who just. Mm-hmm. It's all about the credit. They don't do shit, you know. They're right. they're just waiting to get caught. I mean, we've been pretty lucky to write with actually talented people. So. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a great that's a great piece of advice for people listening. So then you end up on Seinfeld, and you're there for how many seasons? Like the middle era. And then, yeah. and then then we moved over to Fox. So oh, when Larry David left the show, when he wasn't coming in every day, we went to Fox. And then it's because we did a bunch of unsuccessful projects for Fox that we wound up on The Simpsons. Yeah, oh, no, they, we, oh, we had Fox, an overall right. deal. So um, We worked with Futurama before The Simpsons. That, that was the first time we worked with Matt. That was really fun. Ah, we we okay. worked on the first season of Futurama. 
And uh, that that writing staff, when it started, I mean, everybody had graduate degrees in physics and, and <laughs> math and stuff. And nobody was married. It was just all... So they were happy to, like, stay till 3 in the morning and, like, okay, let's take a break and do these math problems. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Tom, Tom and I were like the idiots in the room because we only had, like, bachelor degrees from Harvard. So we were, like, the morons. <laughs> like, the, yeah, David Tom Cohen, doesn't. the co-creator of the show, I think had been teaching physics at Yale or something before. Yeah, wow. it was Berkeley. a really smart... Yeah. yeah, but then uh, it went down for ten years, and when it came back, they all had families and stuff. So I don't think the hours were as bad as it was when it. But started. you you would you would write jokes about like you know something would happen at the speed of light, and the room would go well. Actually, in the year three thousand, the speed of light may be a little different than it is now, and, and, and they were actually knew what they were talking about. Like Who real physicists know that? would. That is so now cool. you talk about staying late in a writer's room. I, and Tom, tell me if you remember this because I I do. This made me laugh. Still does. We worked with Mike Scully on his show The Pits, which again did didn't last very long, but was a very fun room. And, you know, you guys were in there and just hysterical entree into the sitcom world for me. But we had very reasonable hours because Mike, you know, loves his family. He doesn't want to keep us there all night. There was one night where he asked us to work a little late. And do you remember the, and he left the room to go do something. And do you remember the bit you did no. uh, that night? So Mike, Mike Scully said, guys, you know, and he very apologetic, very nice. Like, we're going to have to stay, you know, a little late tonight. I hope that's okay. Blah, blah, blah. He, and then he left the room for some quick phone call. And when he came back, you timed it out with this bit where you were pretending to be on the phone when he came back in the room and you just said, well, sorry to miss it, sweetie, but save me a piece of cake. Okay, bye. And instantly, instantly, Mike was so fooled by this. He said, Tom, go home. Oh, my God. And he started laughing like you were missing your daughter's birthday. It was so great. So well, that, you know, to, to get back to your earlier anger conversation, yes. I mean, if you're... This is advice for writers, not that I really need to impart advice to anybody. You do. But that's if you, why you're if, here. If you're working for somebody who is a bitter, angry person whose show is the only good thing in their life, you should plan on living at that show. They're going to work till four in the morning every night. Whereas if you work with, for somebody who's do, doing comedy as a joyful, fun thing and has a rich life and likes his family, that's the guy you want to work for because he'll, he'll want to get home to that family. So the hours yeah. will be very reasonable. Oh, that's a good advice. point. A good point, too. And again, because you circled back there, the anger for me, and I, I can't speak for Goldie, but I believe it's the case with you, Goldie. It, it, it's not in that writer's room. Like, that's where you're having your most fun. Oh, that's Like, good, yeah. that, that's, you know, that's the time when you're sort of most free. It's all the other stuff that <laughs> happens life. outside the writer's room that starts to drag you down. So we, we, had a, we did a pilot once early in our career, and it starred uh, two guys, and it didn't get picked up. And so the first guy called us, and he was really angry, and it's like, well, that was a waste of my time. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Goodbye. Really? Yeah. And then the second guy called him. So like, oh, I'm sorry it didn't work out. Uh, I hope we work together again. You know who uh, that second guy was? Paul Feig, who oh, went on to have wow. an amazing career, you know, uh, directing Director. movies. He's yeah. beloved the, uh, around the world. The first yeah. guy, I could tell you his name. You might recognize it, but he's hilarious. But he didn't get a lot of work because he was just like an angry jerk and people didn't hire him. It's like, right. you, you really want to, a good thing about uh, having a writing partner is he can be angry with the writing partner, but keep it out, keep it away from other people. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you want my, my, my two cents on team teamwork, the yes. best thing about working with a team is if you're working at home as a writer, 
you are rightfully very nervous to get in a room with other comedy writers. It may be the first time you're hearing your material read out loud or getting responses to it. You've just been like sort of in your office going, is this funny? I don't really know. Whereas like by the time Tom and I get in a room, we are already a mini room. So when we're yes. around a lot of people, the the material we have is already, we've already yelled at each other about it. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. So, you know, what is a room going to tell you that you haven't already heard? So it it, uh, it makes it a lot more pleasant, I think. But do you oh, get yeah. in fights, you two? I don't. Really no, I mean Max. Not, not until really. today. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know Max, Max doesn't have a big range of emotions. I've been writing a script with my daughter, and I'll make a joke, and she'll she'll clap, she'll go, "That's great," and she'll point to the computer, put that in the script, <laughs> put that in the script. I've I've never heard that from Max. I've never heard someone be excited about a joke. Well, perhaps if you treated me more like a daughter, <laughs> <laughs> like he's always wanted, yeah. don't call yeah. me a daughter. So let's just let's Sorry. finally then. So you've been Seinfeld. You get to the Simpsons because by now you know everyone. Like you're yeah. you're you're friends with, as you mentioned, Sam Simon and all those people who are huge on The Simpsons. And when you went to The Simpsons, I know that uh, towards the end, you guys had like a, a what's called a day. You know, you had a day on The yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, we were always we were always just one or two days a week at The Simpsons. What a dream. So, yeah. yeah. It was so actually Mike, Mike Scully is the one who hired us there because Mike and Al yeah, weren't, wow. were off at Disney doing their other show when we started there. So, oh, yeah, oh, cool. we love Mike so, Scully. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were there uh, 22 years. It was a great wow. run. And, and 22? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then uh, we got uh, let go during uh, COVID. It was like, you know, Disney bought Fox. And then. Wait, uh, wait, 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 Tom, did you say we were let go? <laughs> <laughs> when were you going to tell me this? He's been going I'm in every week. to find out. I thought it was just an easy month we were having. We, we've been fired. <laughs> oh. So, uh, yeah, but it was like, uh, you know, Disney bought Fox and they're like, we're going to shake things up. We're going to. And then uh, a year, after a year of COVID, you know, it's just like. We were, we're, you're not much help in a little Zoom room when you're just a little square in a Zoom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you certainly gotta... aren't. You, the, you need to be roaming free. You're a free range <laughs> writer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think some of us <laughs> operate okay in the Zoom box, but you need the room. You need the space <laughs> to explore <laughs> it for bits, for everything. <laughs> exactly. But I got to say, the show, Max, did you watch the Carolyn Omini show this week? I did. Yeah, it was great. I, I think they are in a golden age at The Simpsons now. Like, if you haven't watched for a while, oh. definitely check it out. Uh, Carolyn Amine wrote the script this week. and uh, Oh, that's Rob, good to hear. I like always... for, for 20 years, Carolyn was, pro I think, the only woman on staff. And now it's probably 50-50. Wow. Women may even outnumber the men at the yeah. show now. But really? the one this week, the one this week was just, uh, it was Bart Gets a New Teacher, uh, directed by Rob Oliver, and it was just a really Carrie Washington show. was in it. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Uh, don't they didn't do anything to Mrs. Krabappel, did they? Or she passed away. Did she, she pass away? away? Oh, yeah. that's so Hang sad. On! No. <laughs> well, was, well, you really haven't watched the show in a while. I, I, I but, know, you know, God, Alec. It was tough because you know we were there for 22 years. So like uh, for a year, I like I go to my mechanic and go like, "Hey, Tommy, how's the Simpsons? Uh, I'm not at the Simpsons anymore. You're not at the Simpsons. Why would you leave the Simpsons? I didn't leave the Simpsons. Well, guess what? Your car's not working either. No. <laughs> that's all a bit. I, I smell. That's all a bit. None of that happened. But that's a good bit. I love it. I love that you're talking to your mechanic and he's wiping his oily rag off. Right? It's like a Columbo he's, episode. He's part of my. He's part of my world. Yeah. <laughs> part uh, of your world. Uh, I'll introduce you to Rafi. Well, I, I mean, because I know, especially when we were doing Dads, I mean, you you work in L.A., but you would frequently go to New York City 
And and just explain how the city gives you the inspiration that you seek. Wait, is this a bit? Yeah. This is, this is something he used to say about New York City. You just go, you know, I got to get to New York and get my head straight. I mean, I got my tailor on one corner. He's giving me the business. I got I, my... I want to be able to get a bagel at two in the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I need to get re-energized. It's like, what am I doing in L.A.? I should be writing plays in New York. <laughs> yeah, I was that, that's right. I was that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got my... Taylor, my dry cleaner over here. Yeah, He's yeah. got some words for me. <laughs> That's right. That was you know, back character. and forth with the old lady at the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it all the... goes in here. It all goes into the work. <laughs> for, for those of you who listened to our episode on bits, which I thought was uh, a good one a while ago, we talked about Tom and Tom, Tom Devani and Tom Gamble. People named Tom tend to have a, a lot of room bits, as we call them. Uh, there he is. There is Tom Devani. Yeah, the uh, dark side Tom, as we call him. Um, yeah, you guys are the yin and yang uh, of Toms for sure. But you no, know, Tom, uh, you used to have us rolling with your with your room bits, whereas Max would be carefully studying where we were in the script and calculating which joke to pick. I mean, Max's funniest bit is, it sounds like it's an ongoing 40-plus year bit of never once being impressed by Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Look, somebody has to help write those bits of Tom. Exactly, know? exactly. Yeah, well, that was, that was a funny thing because you brought up before you guys made those very funny uh, learn-to-draw videos yeah. during you the... You see them um, on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, they're on YouTube during the strike. But for a while, and and Max, I apologize, I had no idea, Max, that you were involved in those in any way. And I think that was a common misconception. Like they would see Tom out there, you know, doing all the bits and it'd be like, did you see Tom Gamble's thing? And it's like, well, no, you guys were still a team working on all that. You were directing them and helping to write them and all that. So you... You deserve. You know what? I'm going to push here today. I think from this day forward, it's Pross Gamble. <laughs> it's Dr. Pross. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're one of those people, like, when you go to a movie, you just go, like, wow, all those people, how do they make up that stuff? And nobody seems <laughs> to have... And the don't film just sort me. of shoots itself and... Yeah. I'm trying to hold you up and you come and attack me. <laughs> I don't need your praise, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. You do not. Would you still, here's a final question about teams. Would you still, or, or maybe Goldie has some too, would you still recommend that people team up if they're trying to get into the I think like yeah. working in a show like SNL, it's because, you know, there's so much weirdness at SNL. You, it's good to have somebody go like, well, what just happened, you know? Yeah. What, what's going on? I think, you know, it certainly made it more fun. Hey, I've got one last bit of advice that Max and I always did. Sure. When you, when you get hired on a job, Never decorate your office more than you can put in one box. <laughs> so, that, so that if you get fired, it's just one box of stuff. You're out the door. You're never in there again. We were at Gary Shanley, and this guy came in who nobody knew. And his first day, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He's bringing in a barber pole. He's bringing in a Already funny. Hawaiian uh, yeah. shirt. <laughs> he's bringing in the rubber chicken and God. the, the football The chattering set. teeth. <laughs> the chattering teeth. The ventilator's dummy. He's hammering up the, the moose head. Gary Shelley comes in and goes, who is that guy? He says, well, he's a new writer. It's like, I don't like that guy. Get him out of here. So he got fired at lunch. And then he had to spend the whole afternoon carrying out the barber pole and the cigar store. And <laughs> so the, yeah, the writer's room spent the morning watching him set up all the office. And then after lunch, we watched him taking it all back out to his car. Oh God. Well, we, we, we had well, a similar, we had a similar thing at family guy. And, and obviously we, we won't name who it was, but a, a writer showed up one day and, and he was, I, a few people noticed a guy sitting out in the sort of lobby area and all he had, he, his hat was backwards. 
his, his baseball cap was backwards and people came into the writer's room like who the fuck is that hat backwards idiot out there and then I was like oh he's the new writer he was gone so fast oh, no. he never had a chance just because his hat was backwards so if oh, you're wow. thinking of like doing a little thing to signify your quirky personality on your first day don't don't oh Just, my gosh interesting. here's another story because you talked about lunches at one point yeah there was this one writer brand new writer nice guy during lunch he wouldn't eat lunch with everybody else he would go play basketball and he oh. wouldn't stop playing basketball until it was time to come back into the room oh, so he'd no. come back into the room all sweaty yeah. and smelly with this giant stack of food that he had gotten. And then for the next hour, we'd be listening to him chugging the water because he'd had a big workout and slurping his soup and rubbing his hands at the lemon meringue pie. And at one point, at one point I was like, hey, you know what you should do? Go into your office and eat real quick and then come and join us. And he was like, no, man, this is my hook. This is what people expect me to do. Oh. And like, if you're a new writer... Don't don't be the lady with a cat in the purse, or, or the guy with the goofy T-shirts. Just your whole hook should be trying to get stuff in the script. Right. The, the best new writer advice I've ever heard is from Sam Simon, and I, I, he said this in a lot of interviews. He said, like, if you're the new writer in the room, don't feel compelled to talk. Sit in the room. And the only things out of your mouth should be things that make the room laugh and they go in the script. Nobody wants to hear like, oh, I'm not sure this scene works. Oh, oh do we really need this? You know, it should just even if you say three things a day, those three things should be funny and they go in the script and you'll work forever. That's all you need to know. Totally, and don't, totally right. And I think Scully said this too, but don't look at your phone. Be the one person who's got their phone off. That Goldie said that. That's, yeah, and he's Goldie. right about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so true. I always yeah. look at my phone, but it's an old rotary phone. So I don't know <laughs> I have to see if I actually got a call. <laughs> Get what an a operator, great first get, day get, bid to come in and plug in a rotary. rotary <laughs> operator, get me Lakeshore 5369. <laughs> those are old exchanges for those of you out there. Old exchanges we're doing. That's the bit. All right. So you guys are awesome to talk to. We could talk to you all day. But yeah, we've got a, we have a, you back. a thick top five to get to. So let's get right oh, yeah. into top five. Top five. Who sings that, Tom? <laughs> I just love hearing you guys sing that tough one. But wait, I've listened to every episode. I need yeah. to... Yeah, I, you, you have some stuff to say about our top five in I'm, the past. Go I'm ahead. 15 years older than you, so... Yes. Like, you did top five TV couples. Nobody mentioned Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. No. Oh. That's... Watch, watch that pilot of I the love Dick Van Dyke show. show. Yeah. Dick Van Who and Mary Tyler what? Who and the what now? Also, you did top five SNL cast members. None of you mentioned Dan Aykroyd. Shame on you. Did any of you watch the show in 1975? I did. That we'll guy, watch those episodes. I, I, yeah. I did. That I, guy was like the glue. He, 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 to put it in words, you will understand. He was like the Will Ferrell of his time. He was amazing. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. We, and we talked about this a little bit on the show when we were doing a different top five. I there's something about Dan Aykroyd that just his wavelength and mine don't and this is you know obviously the guy's been successful one of the most successful comedic performers of all time I just don't really love Dan Aykroyd there's something about him he sucks you guys he was so he was when that show started in 1975 I mean it was amazing no one had seen anything (laughs) right anything was funny it's like the person who invented the umbrella yeah. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. You guys are, and, and you guys totally missed the golden age of jingles in the 60s. Your jingles, I had never even heard of them. They're like, <laughs> right, we're children of the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember N-E-S-T-L-E-S, Nestle's makes the very best. Yes. Oh, nice. Much better than And Alec, did you not remember this one? 
Munch, munch, munch a bunch of Fritos. Yeah, corn chips. that's a good one. No. It's not polite to smack your lips, but you can't help it with Fritos corn chips. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, maybe I don't know that one. <laughs> no, but the, you see, the problem with the Nestle's one is there are two Nestle's slogans that come to my mind that I know better and like more than the one you just named. So it's like I right. can't. Ah, okay. Like the, yeah, yeah. the Alpine White from the 80s still haunts my yeah. dreams. Sweet <laughs> dreams you can't resist. N-E-S-T-L-E-S. <laughs> wow, I don't know that one at all. And okay, also, uh, things you don't understand as a kid and as an adult. Ooh, yeah. Nobody mentioned the Bible? Yeah, <laughs> oh, know, yeah, sweet. This is why we need it's, you on yeah, here. Yeah, there's a big Yeah, there's a, there stick it we to the man, Tom. <laughs> That's right. There's that SNL counterculture coming out. Oh, yeah. The Bible. You can see my, oh, you can see my, you can see my arms folded in New York Magazine. <laughs> yeah, right. Hold on while I put on a necklace of pearls and clutch them during while you say that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so those are are those all of our glaring omissions? I see you have them, you have them written list. up somewhere on a whiteboard or something. No, I just I, I, oh, what about uh, what about Don Adams and Barbara Feldon for the couples? Couples, yeah, yeah. that's a little before yeah. my time. Herman and Lily Munster. Oh, no, again, those are the same bit. couple, by the way. You just I, mean, but I, I almost I almost drove off the road when you guys were like, oh, Kyle Mooney, what hasn't he done? Kyle Mooney. Over Dan Aykroyd? That I is insane. I didn't have Kyle Mooney on my list, but I defend having him on there because I think didn't, he's very didn't funny. Didn't somebody have Kyle I think, we, I think we talked about him. I think we talked about him. I, yeah, I think we yeah, every, gave him honorable, honorable mention. Oh, maybe honorable, yeah. uh, believe me, I, I don't mean Kyle Mooney as a dividing line. I think what, did you, what did you think about Dana Carvey as number one? Oh, I, I, he was great. Yeah, no, I, he's in my top five. Yeah. Wait, would you put Phil Hartman on there? Yes, I put Chris and Wig. I mean, yeah. oh, you, so did, did, your list is filling up because you got Ackroyd on there. That's four. Yeah, absolutely. And so now no, you got to choose between Farley, Belushi, Murray. Mm-hmm. You know, Farrell. Yeah. Well, Murphy. Unfortunately, I live. I live in a world where I don't have to choose. Just <laughs> He's like, I'm a lot younger than all you guys. So my favorite TV couples are like the Goldbergs, Blackish. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's their name on the show, right? Blackish. <laughs> I think so. The Blackishes. <laughs> You know. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to get into our top five this week, which I chose specifically, uh, I thought, with Tom and Max in mind. But as you'll see, I think it might be a little more weighted towards Tom. But today's top five are the top five comic strips of all time. Okay. Which I know Tom will have a lot to say. Now, Tom, you can completely control the order this goes in because I think you're going to be yelling at us and you're going to have a lot of strong opinions. Well, and so. as, as, a, as a team, we get 10. Yeah. So I'm yes. seeding, I seed some of mine to Tom. So Tom okay. can do eight or nine if he wants. Oh, my God. But like SNL cast members, I might have a few extras. But <laughs> have I been talking too much? No. Well, no. Look, no. First Talk of all, more. I, I would now have, would be the time to correct that. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you, you have to say on top. Tom, Tom Gamble. Tom Gamble is one of America's premier cartoonists, and and yes. because he is, he's friends with everyone who has written all your favorite comic strips. So you know, let let him. I, I don't want him to leave out any of his friends. All right. So why don't why don't we the 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 layman go yeah. first? Yes. And good, we'll good. and we'll let Tom criticize us, and then you can get into yours. Mm. Okay. So uh, Goldie JC. Yeah. Sure. You criticize got? this number five. The doozies. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, go. Cool, I have no Excellent. By the way, that's not a joke. That, no, that, I enjoy the news. Really? That strip yeah. is so is that, funny. Can um, someone tell I've me? not done it recently. Oh, I is that get, Tom's? I've got to get back to the drawing board. The yeah. juice is yours. That's okay. Tom's, uh, wow. and they have... 
It's like how would how would you describe it? It's like you're doing a, a wink to old time humor and old time comic strips, but it's like it's meta because like you're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're clearly like making fun of the form and the jokes themselves, but the, the result I, is hilarious. You're like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of it. That's what I am. <laughs> I'm like uh, Gary Trudeau. I've been on vacation for a while, but I, I, I should get. Back I would to this say it's sort of thing. like Ziggy. On acid. <laughs> <laughs> Love oh that God. review. All right, Goldie, keep going. Okay, uh, number four, and I'm I'm sort of ginning what might be considered a comic strip, but Mad Magazine's The Lighter Side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which I was raised on Mad Magazine. Uh, Dave Berg, Me right? too. Yeah. yeah. And often he drew himself in it with the pipe and the safari outfit. Yeah, <laughs> what a great look. I may adopt that. Yeah. Great <laughs> and his, his crazy son, Mitch Kaputnik, who never had a job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, number three, this has actually had a huge influence on me because I used to trace it. And it was sort of the first thing I did uh, in comedy. And it was Bloom County. Oh, right. God, we're, get, we're getting overlap alert. Oh, uh, nice. Number two, now this is this. These are these are gimmies. Number two is Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. Right. And number right. one, there can be no other. Yep. Far side. Absolutely. You don't. Thousand you didn't mention penis. Wait, 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 wait. Wait to yeah. yell at everyone. <laughs> That's my list, <laughs> yeah. not your list. My list. <laughs> okay. Uh, JC, yeah, go I'll ahead. go. I'll go. Uh, mine. Are, uh, this is very difficult for me because I was a comic book, comic gra- like graphic novel mm-hmm. reader, but not much. Nerd, a nerd. I was a nerd. So number five, don't yell at me, Tom. Uh, BC. I love BC. Okay, good. <laughs> um, number four, Beetle Bailey. Oh, yeah, now you're getting into Tom's wheelhouse here. He's a military hero of the nation. Oh, my God. Even after he the internment camp strips, you still follow them? <laughs> Number three, Peanuts. This originally started, that was my number one at first. Um, but then I remembered I, in the 90s, was very into Robert Crumb. So my oh, number sure. two is Keep on Trucking. Which yeah. was like, yeah. nice. and then number one, which is a little on the edgier side, is Fritz the Cat. Which, wow. yeah. So nice. no right. far side on there. Wow. No, I never, I never read it, wow. so I didn't. Oh, I, you got it's still hilarious, by the way. Okay, so I'll quickly go through mine. Goldie, we had a lot of overlap. Number five for me was Bloom County. I uh, yeah, love that one. Bill the Cat. Like I, when when I would see Bill the Cat, it would just make me laugh. It was like Garfield on acid. All right, stop <laughs> with that. Stop with the on acid stuff. All right, number four for me, the doozies. There it is. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't just up. relegate it to five as a courtesy call. I actually <laughs> thought about it and put it on the list. Um, number three for me, Calvin and Hobbes. Just a warm, warm, fuzzy. Loved it. Number two for me. Gaffield. Ah. Oh my god. I fucking loved Gaffield. And you ever see him house a tray of lasagna? Oh my god. No time. Oh my god. Took three frames. <laughs> and number one, as we know, as Goldie said, and he's 100% correct, the far side. So far funny. Side's great. Mm-hmm. So funny. So yeah. that's my list. I know you're, right. you're upset that we didn't include peanuts, but I'm sure you'll you'll properly I, I honor them. And, and the Witta Schultz. Oh yeah, Jenny Schultz. Uh-huh. Your, ga- your gal. Pal. I'll do two so that Tom can do eight, or you can even Excellent. do nine. I was gonna, I put the, obviously the doozies is at the top of my list, uh, but the, oh, the one I don't want to leave out is there was a strip. I don't even think that many people would remember this. In the late '60s, there was a comic strip called Larry Gore's Thing. Larry Gore was the was the writer. 
and it was in Newsday, which I grew up reading on Long Island in the 60s. It only lasted from, it was on when like Laugh-In was on. And people said, oh, it's like the comic strip version of Laugh-In. Larry Gore was this crazy talent manager. He, he represented like Red Skelton. And I think, Tom, I think he might've even represented Mad Magazine. He was like friends with Bill Gaines. Oh, but wow. he, he, his biggest client was Tiny Tim. So to bring it all back home, he <laughs> actually engineered the, t- Tiny Tim's wedding on the Carson show. Wow. But if you look up Larry Gore's thing, it's, there's a paperback. You can find it on Amazon for $550. Oh, if that's oh my God. But it was very much like Terry Gilliam. It had a lot of sort of Python Ooh. stuff. And it, was, it was kind of like a little mad magazine every day. And I don't know how this guy did it for like three or four years. And I think it just, it just fizzled out. That's, that's a good cool. But in general, my, my problem with comic strips is, you know, like anything... For me, it's story, story, story. Like Terry and the Pirates, (laughs) Dick Tracy, Prince Valiant. I don't know why people let jokes get in the way of stories. (laughs) Tank McNamara. That'd be a good video. That's very funny. Uh, All right, go ahead, expert. Let's go. Oh, okay. I got a few. uh, Who me? Don't make me sing. (laughs) So, are you going to start with with five, or how how are you? No, he can he can start with eight. Start with nine. No, I'm going to. I got to give a shout out to Mort Walker, Beetle Bailey, High and Lois. He lived in the town next to me. I was like. Kid growing up, it was my dream to run away and be raised by Mort Walker. Oh. I wanted Mort Walker as my dad and Jane Goodall as my mom. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it, that would have been an awesome combination. <laughs> but um, I got Jim and Canary Camel. It worked out okay. <laughs> I, I got I to mention Kathy Geiswhite. Kathy Geiswhite was on the Carson Show 17 times. She Whoa. was one of Johnny's favorite guests. She did the comic strip, Kathy. She's hilarious. Yeah. We've done some videos with her. Act. Yeah. And also, get a, I have to give a shout out to our old boss, uh, Matt Groening's Life in Hell. If you're a fan I of The Simpsons, I almost had that on there, yeah. Yeah. If you're a fan of The Simpsons, especially read the first 10 years of Life in Hell, that was before the show appeared. But you can sort of see. 10 years? The sensibility, 10 years. You can, you can see the sensibility of The Simpsons yeah. uh, before your very eyes grow in the Life in Hell. Okay. So now, my official top five. Okay. A, str- a strip called F Minus by Tony Carrillo. Uh, uh-huh. It's on Go Comics. It's really funny. Cool. Uh, everyone should should uh, read. That it. doesn't it's, sound it. like a very good grade. F minus. Tony's also in a very good episode of Learn to Draw. Yes, he's in an episode. Of, uh, no, the next one is uh, Patrick McDonald's Mutts. It's a great strip. Uh, he's a good friend. Mutts. Um, Mutts. Okay. M-U-T. It's in the LA it's Times. LA Times you know, every Mutz. day. The dog and a cat. It's it's uh, really great. Cool. Um, no, no, Mama and Miss Peach, Mel Lazarus. I got to know Mel the last 10 years of his life. He, he died at age 89. He was in a lot of our videos. That's number three. Just a, What's it called? Uh, yes. It's called what? Uh, Mama and... Uh, Mama, one step. I remember Mama. Just, Francis, yeah. the no good son. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, this guy, I became friends with him the last 10 years of his life. He was just... The funniest guy, he just really loved being a cartoonist. On his deathbed, he was like pitching book uh, ideas. Hey, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> there he is now. Luna. There he is now. Quiet. Uh, Luna. But anyways, and then uh, number two, uh, Peanuts. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the Widow Schultz has been in uh, several videos of ours. There's oh, one cool. where... Uh, I'm at the Schultz Ice Rink uh, driving the Zamboni, and she's nagging me. Uh, <laughs> it's an imaginary story where we've gotten married, and she's changed the the name of the Schultz Museum to the Schultz and Tom Gamble. Yeah, imaginary. <laughs> yeah. The imaginary story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, number one, I got to say Ernie Bushmiller's Nancy because I am a co- co-curator of the Bushmiller Museum and uh, nice. research library. Uh-huh. So you're nice. not allowed to curate anything by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can do it with approval. That's great. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
co-curator. Sort you of should like do a co-pilot. Like, I'll have the controls. You should do another episode hey. about curating teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, I don't know if we have time, but yeah. I thought it's a good exercise. Yeah. I would like to pitch you an idea for a top five. Please, and, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to talk through the uh, for the listeners, too. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is you want to express gratitude for being able to pitch. So, guys... Thank you for letting me pitch this top five idea. <laughs> sure. Next, next, you want to flatter them a little bit. I love your podcast. I listen to it every week. Uh, well, you know, it gets me through the week. Thank you. Ah. But don't just stop at the podcast. Say, Alec, did I very seriously say that that Star Wars episode of Family Guy is like the funniest thing I've ever seen? Oh, <laughs> you're too kind. You're too kind. And Goldie, I just want to say that United we. <laughs> you <bastard. Okay. laughs> I've got a little hiccup there. I didn't know, but you just you just ignore that. You hope nobody knows. You just smash my face into the wedding cake. <laughs> you go in for the cell. Okay, so I, I've, I've screwed up a little bit, but I'm going to go in for the cell. Now you tell them why they're going to like it. So this top five is a lot like other ones you've done, but different too. Like you want to include everybody. JC, I can't wait to see what you say about this top five. <laughs> I think you'd have a lot of great ideas. Now you tell them the idea. This is the idea. Top five things that give you the creeps that shouldn't. For me, it's like scented candles. Or like oh. too many pillows on a couch, or wall-to-wall carpeting. I, I hate that. Or, Let's do that. Listen, listen, you guys talk among yourselves. I'm going to leave now, <laughs> and my my agent's going to call you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, and by the way, you don't have to validate. I parked. You, you want to show them that you're easy to work with. I don't need validation. I parked on the street. But <laughs> One final compliment. Thank you, and keep doing what you're doing, because it's amazing. Thank right. you. So now I'm you've left now. the room. Yeah. I've left the room. Can, can I just say something? I found him a little weird. <laughs> uh, you know, and the, the one of the things that would creep me out is him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's ding a ling a ling. You should get that, Alec. Ding a ling a ling. Wait, I thought you were calling Max. No, that was a call for Alec. Yeah, hello. Alex, how are you? It's uh, Morty Mortenstein, uh, Gamble Process. Uh, how are you, Morty? Agent, well, I heard that that wackadoodle uh, Tom Gamble came in and pitched something. Uh, yeah, yeah. So how was it? Was it out of the park? He Home did. Run? He did. You know what? We we really liked it. We we really like uh-huh. him. It's just that yeah. we we just don't take outside pitches for top. Oh. It's a legal thing, <laughs> but we're just oh. you know we're so okay. Well, you know, it's funny. Tom's heard that a lot lately. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I, I'm so. gonna call. I'm gonna call Max because Tom's just so full of rage. Okay. Thanks, Marty. Uh, Thank you. Well, listen. Hey, love to Deirdre. <laughs> no, wrong. <laughs> wrong wife. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Hang on. Deirdre's his ex-wife. Just that so was you great. Know. I love it. That's a joke you've held on to for 19 uh, years. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> ding-a-ling-a-ling. Wait, who are you calling? Well, Max has a landline. It takes a while. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm walking to the phone. Wait, wait, let me, let me, <laughs> I'm punching with my phone a little bit. I'm ding-a-ling-a-ling. Oh, oh, God, I wish okay. I brought my glasses. He, he picked it up. Hello. <laughs> he picked it up. Max, it's Marty. Marty, I've been so, waiting to hear. How, how, did, how did our pitch go? Well, I wish, first of all, they love you. They uh, they were wild about it. They flipped when they heard Tom was coming in. But, uh, but what about the material? Well, you know, Alec, he's got a reputation in Hollywood as, uh, you know, he, if he has burnt toast in the morning, he won't buy anything. Hmm. Uh, 
So um, I don't know what to tell you. It's, they, they didn't, they, they didn't to respond it. to the material, no, huh? No. Well, could we pitch uh, some other stuff to them? Yeah, you know what? Maybe Ira Glass. Let me let me check my Rolodex. I might have his number. I mean, Glass, I mean, I think, I think a lot of the podcasts are doing top fives now. There's got to be somewhere I, I else know, we could go. No, it's, I, oh my God, I'm still. I love the idea. It's like Glass, Glass. Let's see, Glass eyes, martini glasses. Glass, I don't have his number, but uh, if I run into him and I remember, I'll mention it. Well, listen, you should talk to Tom when he talks to Goldie. He should not mention that show, United We Stand. I don't think anybody's talking about whoa, 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 United whoa, whoa, whoa. We Stand. Wait, wait, Morty, I, 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 I got news for you. That's not the name of the show. It's not. Wait, what, no, no, it was, no called, it, 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 it was called United We Fall. <laughs> Morty, what happened? What? My husband got a Mrs. Mortenstein, is Morty okay? What's going on? What did you say to him? So, anyways. Oh, my God. Let's give a round of applause to that bitch. As your listeners were seeing, we didn't make the sale, but I think we did all the right motions. You know, watch when. So and, maybe uh, they'll reconsider us at some point. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. I love that. Oh, but that's how it's done. Oh, that is that's so how funny. It's done. What a great well, now I have, I have the great distinction of presenting the actual category. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do we got that's better than that? <laughs> is this thing on? Yes, hello. Top five video games. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my God. Thank you, I love Goldie. that. Love that. Love top five video great. games. Okay, uh, you're getting a phone call, Goldie. Ding, ling, ling, ding, ling, ling. Uh, hello? Goldie, it's a Morty. Uh, I'm an agent. Uh, do you have representation? Because I just love your stuff. Everything from United We Fall, which was great, to all your other shows, too. And video games. Uh, I do have representation, but I'm, I'm really open to just abandoning right. them at the drop of a hat. You, you should have done, if you, if you could have incorporated in that bit, as you were saying, United We Fall, to take, like, those nitrate pills. United We Fall. <laughs> <laughs> the heart, the heart. Of the nitroglyceride. <laughs> would have been good. Oh god, yeah. that great bit, great bit. All right, yes. All right so hey, that's wait, great... when do you guys actually do your real job? Like this is going on and on. Like, don't you have well, a real no. show to produce? No, we we don't well, start till ten ten thirty. Yeah. guys, this was so fun. This felt like the uh, the old dad's days. Oh, oh man, we so do it fun. Again. Well, I mean, with you two guys, we knew it was yeah. going to be. Hopefully, you a guys will join us again. Rule double. Uh, Alec, I remember the first day of the pitch. I remember a joke that you pitched. You uh, do uh, tell uh, me. I don't remember any joke. I remember a very funny observation you made. Uh, the first day we were at the pits, the first day we met you, we were talking about military funerals, and you made that observation that on every TV and movie, when they showed the widow at the funeral, she's crying, and then when they shoot off the cannon, she flinches every time the cannon goes off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, do, I, I do know that that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah listen like listen to me. I was on fire day one. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I, I also remember you did one annoying thing, but you stopped it. I, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, 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 that's great. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but for a few days, you had a long chain of paper clips yeah. that you would swing around like a flapper in the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
I was in my head. I had I got rhythm. I got music. <laughs> but uh, all I said was, "Hey, cut that out!" And you stopped doing it. Yes. Don't ring a bell at all. Thank you for guiding me. I it believe I it seems completely credible, and I believe you 100. percent And I'm glad I listened to you because nobody wants yeah. to be the paperclip flapper guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Charleston, Charleston. <laughs> dancing on the he's dancing on a flagpole yeah. on the Fox lot. <laughs> Uh, but I'll tell you the pits. Uh, that was the best show. I mean, like the Scullies are the best showrunners. We laughed so much. That that show should not have been canceled. No, that, that was, was funny. That was funny. Yeah. And the shows were funny. They were so silly and out there. They were great. great. Dylan Baker. It's such a shame. Remember the the executives were so idiot idiots. I remember one read through where. The Pitts family, the, the, the uh, premise was it's like a funny Twilight Zone where something horrible happens to the family every week. Oh, I love and it. And there was one episode where the Pitts family is driving their car up the pyramid at Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we did that and, one. Cool. Yes, mm-hmm. and what, the, one, of the, one of the guys who canceled us said, you know, I don't know. I just found that kind of boring. <laughs> 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 he now works for the Weather Channel, that guy. For real. Yeah, yeah. The whole family's hanging off the Empire State Building. I don't yeah, know. I don't yeah. know. We kind of seen we can, that. We can do better. That was so frustrating. Yeah, that was. Uh, you're right about the Scullies. They're they're great showrunners, and and, amazing, and yeah. Mike is like just one of those five tool players who can run a show and also pitch the funniest joke that you you have that day. So he, yeah. he deserves. So much credit, and it sounds like he gave us he gave us all breaks. Maybe not Goldie. Yeah, totally. Goldie, he just was introduced not to me. It. And then, yeah. yeah, he didn't give Goldie a break. Nothing. He helped us all out. But you guys, I remember had him a... trying to derail Goldie's career. Pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, I did a good job. I of wonder that. if uh, Scully has representation. I should give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> Operator, get me Lakeshore Five. Um, it's hilarious having you. Thank you guys for being such well, thank you. eager thank you. participants and, and, and for listening and for imparting all this fantastic advice and just for being honestly so funny and kind over the years. Like you guys were, you know, aside from, you know, buttonholing me against the wall and telling me not to swing paper clips around <laughs> my finger. No, but honestly, you guys, from day one, when I was scared coming into that pits room, that was my first ever job in a, in a writer's room, sitcom writer's room. And at the end of day one, my, it, it, all the fear had gone away. And that was because of you guys and because of Mike and and Julie and Brian, of course, who's like the gentlest soul you'll ever come yeah. across. But you guys were all so nice. You all just wanted to laugh and you all wanted to make everyone else laugh. So that was incredibly helpful. And and I it really got the beginning of my career off to such an awesome start. To, so oh, well. th- thanks I would, for it. I would still like to laugh. I'm waiting for that dream to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Good luck getting Rex to laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you're, you're the all-time writing team as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I'd just like to so. add that, you know, when I when I thought about doing this as a career, being in a room with, with people like you was just what I envisioned. Oh. And when oh, I was actually in the room, uh, that was just the best year of my life and I, I just think it's an important lesson on how if we stay together united we can get out the nitroglycerin glycerine <laughs> 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 JC what about the team uh, Nick and uh, Joe are they officially a team uh, not anymore but it's Nick Wagner and Joe Chandler and they're at American Dad and mm-hmm. uh, they I think they're now 
they're individuals at mm-hmm. American Dad. They're both executive producers there. Yeah, come no, on. It's Gamble and Pross all the way. Let's not try <laughs> well, to like great. think up any other team that's like, what about uh, Shiky and Weisberg? No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, guys, I, I, it's, it's almost 10.15. I know Tom has to go to the bowl tonight. So you can yell out out shocked in the middle of Jaws, which you've seen 30 times. Yeah. Uh, um, Yeah. Well, anyway, that's a very long winded way of saying you guys are the best. And thank you for being here. Um, And now we're going to end the show like we do every week on a high note. That was great. That was great. Very long. A lot I'm sorry, my emphysema ruined the high note. Uh, Zima, not emphysema. Great Simpsons joke. Great Simpsons joke. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll go first. My my high note obvi- is an obvious one, and I I blew it before the high note. But it's you two guys being here. You oh, guys yeah. have been oh, great for real for my you know the entirety almost of my professional career. You guys have been an inspiration. So thanks for being here today. You guys are my. High notes. All right. Oh, I yeah. had a really good cup of hot water with lemon this morning. Oh, <laughs> even better. So much better. I, I wish I had thought for a minute. Oh. <laughs> uh, was that your high note? Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a joke. It was a bit. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you guys, from the moment we connected on text and on Zoom, it's been just such a pleasure and hilarious. And I hope to have you guys um, regularly. I hope you guys are open to coming back. And I hope that Alec and Goldie are open to having you. <laughs> what would, what would, I'll, see, I'll see what Morty can negotiate. And we'll come back. What would, what, 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 what would Al Pacino say? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, no, obviously, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. Um, All right. So and, uh, thank you both for being here. Uh, thank you to Goldie and JC for always being awesome. Wait. Thank. Yeah. We're going to see each other on Friday. Yeah, I know. I know. I just want to say I'm so excited to yes. see you guys. Yes. I and know. Yes, so. Well, one of us has to be excited. JC, so you're about to you. learn that I'm six foot 11. <laughs> <laughs> No, that is exciting. We will see each other in person. Dinner, TBD, possibly not happening. No, but we're, we have dinner. We're very excited for that. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, again, thanks to Tom and Max, Gamble and Pross, and thanks to you two for being awesome, and thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. today.